You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hello and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie and today we're going to be talking about hip motion. So we're talking about, I know immediately everybody was like, Shakira, Shakira. We are talking about hip motion, but this is motion at the hip joint. We talked about the pelvis previously, and I think the pelvic movement, like anterior and posterior pelvic tilt, allows for us to go right into talking about hip movement very easily and help us better understand these two components together. So we're going to be talking about the hips. So I want to start with a story, and this one is a story of ego being put in check. When I first started at the gym I was working at, when I first started training, 62nd Street and Broadway in New York City, and there was a machine. It's called the horizontal adductor machine, or people just call it the adductor machine, but the joint action is horizontal adduction. Squeeze your legs together against resistance. And I was sitting in the office, and the machine's right outside the office, and I'm looking out, and there's this woman, and she's over there, she's doing the exercises, squeezing the knees together and back apart. And they look at the weight and it's it's a lot of weight. It's a lot of weight. I mean, she's almost racking this thing. And I'm thinking, I'm, I gotta try that. I'm gonna try to help with that. And then I immediately, when she was done, went over, sat on the machine, tried the after machine. And I slowly, I built, do, do, it, do it, the sets. And then I'm like, I'm gonna add some weight. I'm going to go up. And then I went up, did it again. I'm going to do it again. So I, I added more weight and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm closer to the full rack being done than I am to the top with no weight being done. Let me add more weight. I'm like two plates away from a full rack and I'm not getting the little knobs together on it yet. I'm going to get close and I'm squeeze. And then I add the weight, add the weight. I put the whole rack on there and I squeeze and try to get it together. And then after I'm done with that, and I'm very proud of myself, I notice that the old school machine with the donut weights that you slide across. So now they're five pounds each and I have to slide the additional donut weights over. So it's 15 more pounds and I do it again and I squeeze and the knobs, they don't touch, but I worked out like one rep maxed the horizontal adductor machine. Well, here's the thing. I've never done that exercise before in my life. And I don't know if I've actually ever done it again. I was so damaged. I was so damaged. When I stood up, my legs were shaking. You know, when you're sore really soon after doing an exercise, not just like the next day or two days later, but like within a few minutes, you're like, I am dangerously sore right now. You know, the rest of your week's going to be awful. And it was. In fact, I do believe that I did something called, I created something called rhabdomyolysis. Here's a great word for you to know. Probably not on your NASM test, but good to be familiar with. Rhabdomyolysis is the rapid breakdown of skeletal tissue. And I rapidly broke them bad boys down. My adductors were done. So done, in fact, I couldn't sleep at night. It hurt to move any direction with my lower body. And even days up to a week afterwards, I could tell you that these adductors were also hip flexors. See how we're getting into some of the hip movement here? Because I would be in a seated position and I would try to stand up 
But my adductors, as I started to stand up, felt like Velcro being torn apart. They were ripping tiny little rips, just me trying to stand up. That means that they were being lengthened when I was in a hip flexed position, going into a standing position. It allowed me that awful story became a learning tool for me. And it allows me to learn a little bit more. And we're going to put that together more towards the end of this. And we're going to talk about joint actions at the hip. What are our primary joint actions? And we can relate some stuff back to hip movement, hip exercises, and even though her head squat assessment to help us understand a little bit more. So first of all, let's talk about, let's talk about hip flexion. What are the primary hip flexors? Well, any muscle that flexes the hip is a hip flexor, but they are primary ones. Those are muscles like the psoas, the iliacus. Those are going to be hip flexors. But we also have the rectus femoris and the TFL. And remember the adductors. I know the adductors are hip flexors because when I tried to extend them, they were being stretched out. So adductors, except for one, which would be the posterior fibers of the adductor magnus would not be that. Those are hip extensors. We'll get to in a moment. So anterior adductor magnus fibers. And then all the other adductors. So what are they? Uh, here's a good mnemonic for the adductors. Peanut butter leaves me greasy. Peanut, pectineus. Peanut butter, brevis. So adductor brevis. Peanut butter leaves adductor longus. Me, magnus. Greasy, gracilis. Peanut butter leaves me greasy. All right. So it allows me to help understand a little mnemonic for understanding what muscles are the adductors, which also contribute to hip flexion. All right. What about hip extension then? Hip extension. Uh, well, primary one, gluteus maximus. So glute max, primary hip extensor, or should be. We'd like to incorporate that a little bit more in our workouts. That's why you might see people doing pre-activations for the glutes, because the glutes oftentimes will become a little underactive. The synergists start to take over, and they become the prime mover. So we got to wake up the glutes a little bit. But what other muscles are the synergists? What might try to assist or become synergistically dominant, which is take over for that primary mover, the glute maximus for hip extension. And I think you're very familiar with hamstrings. Hamstrings cross the hip on the posterior side and they support hip extension. So I've got glute max and my hamstrings, hip extensors. What else is a hip extensor? Posterior adductor magnus. If you've ever done leg day, and you've been sore in the back of your legs and it's not quite your hamstrings and it's definitely not your glutes, it's your adductor magnus. And it's kind of like the, the inner thigh, but on the back of it. That's your posterior fibers of your adductor magnus and they love jumping in there and helping out. They love jumping in there and helping out. So a good reason to also add in these glute activation exercises, these pre-activation exercises before going into more of these global exercises like squats or deadlifts to get them more incorporated. All right, so we've got hip flexion, hip extension. What are good exercises for hip flexion? I, I mean, this is all relative to where people are. Can you do hip flexion exercises? Yes, you can. Be careful with them because we know that your primary hip flexors, your psoas, attaches to the lumbar spine. And if you're already in an anterior pelvic tilt, it doesn't mean don't exercise your hip flexors. It just means be very careful not to overload them. 
right? So doing things where uh, like straight leg raises and stuff like that could be uh, challenging, but maybe doing some mini loop and focusing on like a 90-90 position at your knees and your hips and having that loop wrapped around your feet, holding one leg in the 90-90, pressing the other leg away. That helps us to create stabilization strength in our spine and include and, and allows us stabilization strength in our hip flexors as well. So that's a nice exercise, hip extension exercises. What are good exercises to get us started? Well, I think, you know, doing the 90-90 side-lying mini loop uh, clamshells are great. They help to support the, the, the hip extensors, but it's only helps them because we're doing other exercises. So we'll talk about some of the other things like abduction and external rotation. But then we go into bridges, bridges on the floor. So these floor bridges are good prep exercises for the glutes. Well, what if I feel it more in my hamstrings than I do in my glutes? Well, try scooting your feet closer to your backside. See if that helps. Also, if you're doing it on the floor, it puts you in a position where your rectus femoris is really quite stretched. And if you're already tight there, your hamstrings may fire instead of your glutes. So you might wanna put your torso on top of a bench or a, a ball or a, something, there's a box that's elevating your torso and do your bridges with your torso elevated instead of with your torso, your shoulder, your head on the floor. That can help support you and you might feel it more in your glutes that way. What are we talking about today? We're talking about hip movement. Hip movement, we're trying to get the hips involved and understand what muscles do what. And relating that back to exercise and overhead squat assessment. So we're going in a hip extension, trying to get the glutes to fire. Hamstrings are in, involved in hip extension. Posterior adductor magnus involved in hip extension. But we're focusing on the glutes for this primarily as your primary hip extensor, doing exercises like the bridge and then allowing the glutes to work more as you get into things like squats and traditional deadlifts that are that are really hip dominant that are going to help to extend the hip in those exercises. What are other joint? So that's sagittal plane, by the way. So flexion and extension, sagittal plane movement, sagittal plane movement, flexion and extension, frontal plane movement, which is side to side movement. Frontal, you can see all of my movement, all of my joint actions from the front. You can see that without my arms, my legs, my torso blocking me. I'm standing upright. I move sideways. You see that. If I move my hand in front of me, I'm blocking a little bit of my body with my hand. Well, you know I'm not in the frontal plane because you didn't see everything from the front. Good exercise for frontal plane would be like jumping jacks. Think about that, jumping jacks. Well, in a jumping jack position, I'm jumping into abduction, abduction. To be abducted means to be taken away. Well, what's being taken away? My legs. My legs are being moved away from the midline of my body. So that's hip abduction. And when I jump my feet back together, I add ADD. I add them back together. I'm bringing them back together. That's hip adduction, adduction. You'll hear us say AB and adduction because if I say ab and adduction, you don't know which one. It's very hard, first of all, for us sometimes to articulate it, but also hard for the ear to distinguish those things unless they're hit hard. Abduction and adduction. So abduction, adduction. Abduction, moved away from the midline. What muscles do that? 
primarily what you should think about, what should come to mind when you think about abduction is the glute medius. Think of the glute medius as the primary abductor. Are there other muscles that support abduction? Indeed there are. The TFL helps to support that. And the TFL jumps in on a lot of exercises and hip abduction, abduction is just one of the many things it likes to jump in on. We already talked about hip flexion. The TFL loves hip flexion. Loves to get in on hip flexion. My hip flexors. We'll go through all these muscles again soon. Abduction, primary muscle, glute medius. Also involved in abduction is glute minimus. Glute medius, glute minimus, and the TFL. What about adduction, bringing my legs together? Adduction would be your adductors. Peanut butter leaves me greasy. Right? Pectineus, brevis, longus, magnus, and gracilis are all adductor muscles. They adduct, just like that awful adduction exercise. I like to say awful machine. I'm not going to say awful machine. You know, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I ruined myself. <laughs> it's not the machine's fault. It was my ego's fault. Blaming my ego, not myself. It's my ego's fault. Adduction, bringing the legs together. But we're talking about the frontal plane. Remember, you know, the frontal plane, it's just AB and adduction. When you go out of the frontal plane and produce ab and adduction, you have to qualify it by saying what plane of motion you're in. So that would be, potentially you could do this with your hips. We do it in our shoulders all the time, horizontal AB, horizontal adduction. But our hips can do horizontal AB and adduction as well. Another muscle that can assist in a deduction in a hip flexed position or TFL. Why? Oh my goodness, that muscle jumps in on so many things. It does. But break, you just said it's an abductor. It is. It is. It's an abductor. But it can assist with a deduction too. Wow, man. That's crazy. That's deep. My name is Rick Ritchie. We're talking about hip movement and we're putting muscles with the movement to try to help better understand joint actions and what did i do i just muddied that water i made it muddy i talked about the tfl and what all it can do and it's confusing because that muscle is confusing or it's very helpful it's a very overly helpful muscle i'll do it hey guys let me in let me help i'll do it sometimes we just need to be like yo you need to back off hip adduction, your adductors. That's frontal plane. Now let's go into transverse plane or the horizontal plane. We have internal rotation and external rotation at the hip. Hip internal rotation. Some of our internal rotators will be our adductors. And another hip internal rotator would be our, just guess, just guess what it is at this point. Yeah, TFL. TFL is a hip internal rotator. In fact, I'm not sure if there is a primary internal rotator, but if we were to name one, I would say the TFL would be it. That, that muscle loves to jump in on internal rotation. So our internal rotators at the hip, our adductors, and our TFL. I'll also say this. There's a, an interesting confusion that takes place with the adductors because 
Many of the adductors, especially the big ones, attach to the posterior femur. So it's difficult to understand in some ways how that muscle is an internal rotator versus an external rotator based on origin and insertion. And I would say that it's primarily an internal rotator, particularly in a closed chain position through the act of adduction. If you keep your feet still, planted, closed chain, planted, and then you bring your knees together or adduct, adduct, you will inherently internally rotate. You will internally rotate. Well, that's why the TFL is a part of this. When I said the TFL can adduct, well, not really, but sort of, but it's an internal rotator and internal rotation and adduction go hand in hand, especially in closed chain. So in a sense, TFL is a contributor to that joint action, even though in an open chain, it does abduction at the hip. Oh my goodness, Rick, <laughs> making it so difficult because it's challenging, because it's complex. I don't want to just say, hey, these are hip flexions, the hip extension. I want to provide <clears throat> additional information to support the process for a deeper understanding. So adduction and abduction. Internal rotation, external rotation. What are So we're talking about internal rotation at the hip, adductors and TFL. What are external rotators? Well, muscles that do external rotation, let's go with, um, oh, and by the way, the anterior um, glute minimus can also internally rotate. Anterior glute minimus also internally rotate. So now we go into external rotation, and I know that the posterior glute medius can externally rotate. And my piriformis can externally rotate. Piriform, here's, here's the one. A group of muscles that go together, sometimes I refer to them or it's referred to as the rotator cuff of the hip. And uh, it's a rock star band called the piriformis and the go-go queens. Piriformis and the go-go queens. Piriformis is the lead singer of the band. And then there are the go-go queens. There's the obturators and the gamelli muscles, obturators and gamelli. So they're the go-go's, the obturator muscles, there are two of them, and gamelli muscles, there are two of them. And then what's the, what's the queens? Go-go, gamelli, internus, externus, obturator, superior, inferior. Um, queens, Q, that's gonna be something called the quadratus femoris. Quadratus femoris, so piriformis and the go, go queens. All right, think about that rock band every time you think about hip external rotation. Now, all contribute. And what is another contributor to external rotation? Lateral rotation. Gluteus maximus. The gluteus maximus can contribute to that as well. So the glute max, if you look at the glute max, uh, the, without the, you know, the, with just the muscles, right? So you look at the, the templates, the displays, the graphics of just the muscle, you'll see it runs at an oblique angle. That oblique angle gives it rotational capacities. So the glute max can help to externally or laterally rotate. And then there's that horizontal abduction and adduction, horizontal abduction, B 
abductors, so your piriformis can contribute to that. Your glute medius can contribute to that. Your TFL can contribute to that. Uh, adduction in that transverse plane, your adductors, so um, peanut butter leaves me greasy, right? Like, so pectineus brevis, longus magnus, gracilis can contribute to that. And then your TFL can as well. There's a lot of information here today. I know that you are clearly been gobsmacked with some of the information that's here today. I know it's a lot of content. But again, like we talked about when we talked about the pelvis and anterior and posterior pelvic tilt, sometimes you just gotta hear the language over and over again to try to understand it, not just to memorize it. And I hope this information helps a little bit because what happens here is now you can take this information and apply it to movement. You can apply it to exercise. You can look at the movement and say, well, what is that joint action? What plane of motion is it in? Then what muscle might contribute to that? Instead of having to memorize it, you have learned the concepts of it. And so when people talk about taking certifications to learn how to do a lot of tools, like every, every day there's a new tool that's out and there's a, there's a new manual that's been written. If you understand human movement science, and you understand functional anatomy, so you know what it does concentrically, so you know what it should decelerate eccentrically, you can now apply that to the overhead squat assessment. I go in down into a squat, into a valgus position or a knee knock position, that is a deduction and internal rotation at my hip. What muscles do that? A deduction, adductors, TFL contribute to that. All right, internal rotation, adductors, TFL, contribute to that. What does abduction? What does external rotation? Piriformis and the go-go queens. Glute medius, glute maximus. Now I know what isn't working, decelerating that or stabilizing that. And you apply what you're learning through functional anatomy to the overhead squat assessment. You could apply it to any of those manuals to better understand how movement takes place. In fact, you could be writing those manuals when you understand human movement better. So I hope this was a nice insight to understand a little bit more of the joint actions that take place, what planes of motion they take place in. Let me just run through it real quick. Let's go through everything again. Everything real quick, sagittal plane, flexion extension. What are your hip flexors? You've got the iliacus, the psoas, rectus femoris, the TFL, the, the adductor muscles, the sartorius, or hip flexors. What are hip extensors? Hip extensors, glute max hamstrings, all three of them, and the posterior fibers of the adductor magnus. That's flexion and extension, sagittal plane, the muscles that go along with them. Frontal plane, let's do it. Abduction in the frontal plane at the hip. Abduction is going to be my glute medius primarily, but my TFL can do it. My glute minimus can do it as well. Glute max could even create some potential for that as well. What does adduction? Adduction are your adductors. Peanut butter leaves me greasy. Pectineus, brevis, longus, magnus, gracilis. Your five primary adductor muscles. What does lateral and medial rotation? What are my external rotators? Piriformis and the go-go queens externally rotate. They're the rotator cuff of the hip. So the piriformis. The gemelli and the uh, obturator, gemelli and obturator, and the quadratus femoris. What also helps with that? So the piriformis, obviously, the lead singer of that band. 
And then the posterior fibers of the glute medius can support that as well. The glute max can support lateral rotation. What about medial rotation? The last one we're going to talk about, internal rotation of the hip. My adductors contribute to that and my TFL. The TFL, again, contributes to that. Now, take this information, learn it, and then you start applying it. And that application is what makes this so valuable. I hope you found this valuable. I hope you found it interesting. I hope you found it at least supportive for you and your process to help understand a little bit better movement at the hip, joint actions and planes of motion and how they work together. Uh, if you've got additional questions or you have topics that you want to hear me talk about, feel free to reach out to me via email, rick.richie, R-I-C-H-E-Y, at nasm.org, or you can message me on Instagram where I'm most active, DM me at dr.rickrichie. And thank you so much. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast.